0: I was just working 80 hours a week, very distrustful of humans. I would mean, do background checks on people before they came to my home.
1: That's Dre Wright. In another life, 13 years ago, Dre was successful but hardly thriving. And he was also about to have a baby, his first child.
0: So I said, I got to do something different. So on my 40th birthday, I had uh, pop brownies for the first time. And like 90 minutes into that experience, I was like blown away by the impact.
1: The man I meet in Baltimore, the Dre of today, is wearing gauzy pants and bracelets. His smile is slow, slightly wary, but he strikes me as so gentle, so oriented toward peace, that I'm caught off guard to learn he was once in the military and later worked for the CIA.
0: And I was on a team, and my job was to essentially kidnap people and torture them, right? I had created the monster. You know, my name was Savage. My call sign was Savage, and I was kind of like that, you know? And it was just something I didn't want to do anymore.
1: Dre's experience with marijuana cracked something open. It made him question some of his assumptions and illuminated a path he hadn't previously seen. And that led him to ordering mushrooms online.
0: I remember when the mushrooms came, it said Dog Biscuit on it. I remember when it got mailed to my house, I let it stay outside for two days, because I figured, well, if the DEA was gonna, was watching me and they were ready to jump, break through my house and arrest me.
1: But he did eventually bring it inside, and he set a day to take them.
0: And probably like a month or two later, I, I eventually communed with the Sacred Mushroom, and it was really beautiful. I remember it was a really beautiful day. My mother and my partner at the time, they, they held space for me. I was outside. It was really beautiful. I laughed the whole time. I saw this green goddess, and she said, You need to speak with Grandma. And I didn't know what she meant by that.
1: His partner did some research. And she learned that ayahuasca, in certain strains of Amazonian mythology, is called the grandmother plant. The association being that it confers a sense of all-enveloping love, but also tough love of the get-your-shit-together variety. And just a week later...
0: I was in my first ayahuasca ceremony in Maryland at this really beautiful farm in the eastern shore. And I remember the whole—my thought was either I'm going to die— or I'm gonna gonna get this stuff taken care of. So I go to the ceremony.
1: Dre felt he was heeding a spiritual call, but caution was still screaming at him from all sides. A black man brought up to just say no, who discovered psychedelics like a week ago, and he's traveling to use an illicit substance in an unfamiliar place.
0: And, you know, when you're driving to the Eastern Shore, as I'm driving, I'm seeing Confederate flags on people's houses. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe they're going to eat me. And yeah, maybe there'll be some sacrifice. Maybe there'll be some sheets coming out at some point, you know, something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. That's not me chiming in. That's Dre's friend and creative partner, who we'll meet in a moment.
0: That yeah, was in my head. I was like, woo, this is going to be something. So. And then I get there, everyone's so nice, they're so welcoming. So I'm like, "Ooh, this is this was before Get Out, the movie." But I was thinking, mm, <laughs> these white folks are really friendly, you know, and they're really comforting. And then they like, "Oh, you got to walk, take your stuff, and walk th- through these woods to this beautiful wooden structure." But it was way in the woods, and I was thinking, "Okay, this is it. Where's where's the rope coming?" And I get in this room, and it's like 30 people. And the first thing is that this man, the beautiful French man, comes in and he says, Hello, oh, my man is Francois. They call me Matza, And uh, the medicine, we cooked it down a little bit. It's going to be strong. So I was disappointed, because first of all, the like, guy was French. And I am thinking, oh, this is some hippie stuff. Like, this is, here we go.
1: Dre was there for transformation. But his old self, his old life, it wasn't going to go quietly.
0: So I drink the medicine, and, and now I'm worried because I've violated the law, just a Schedule One substance, and I'm not feeling anything. And then I sit hearing people purge. And as they're purging, I was like, again, all kinds of judgments about the people, and you know, what, what are they going through, all that purging? And I would refuse to purge. So for my first four hours, it was the most challenging experience I've ever had. I was felt like I had A case of the flu, and I was judging myself. Why are you here? Like, see, this is ridiculous. Now you violated the law. You're never going to get a security clearance again. And then I was so exhausted that I remember just, like, saying, I want to die. And I can't do this anymore. And I laid down, and my, my cheek hit the floor. I remember hearing another person purge.
1: Dre was seized by empathy in that moment.
0: I prayed, I said, you're gonna be okay, sister. And it was at that second that I said that, I went from this pace of suffering to this, like the world was just open up for me. And uh, I felt so in love with myself and everyone, this deep sense of compassion for everyone in the room. And that lasted for another eight hours. Every question I have asked, what's the meaning of life and do aliens exist and this or that, where do I come from? All these things were being answered. And I knew, like, I wanted to share this with everyone that I could.
1: — For Dre, that meant learning more about the medicine. Just a week after his experience on the farm in eastern Maryland, he flew to the Peruvian Amazon for an ayahuasca dieta. That's a longer-term study of the plant. He dove into it head first.
0: When we come in this world, you're socialized with all these stories. I'm a man. I'm a black man. I'm living in America. And by the time I became an adult, like all of who I really was was lost. And what I really was was living someone else's story of me. I believe that I chose to come back in this flesh suit, to have this human experience.
1: I'm Catherine Rowland, and this is Seeking... In the last episode, we heard from people who are trying to mainstream psychedelics in medicine. It's revelation to get you up and running, not to rip the system apart. But that's exactly what some people want to do. For Dre and others, it's not about changing the medicine to suit our social needs. It's about really letting the medicine change us. My own experiences with plant medicine, they've been revelatory. I mean, here I am, hosting this podcast. But when people ask me just how they've changed my life, I struggle to answer. Because from the outside, you'd be hard-pressed to pinpoint what exactly is different. I mean, I've worked through grief. These days, I'm gentler. I listen more. I think I'm a better friend and mother. But when I meet people like Dre... I realized how tame all of that is in the scheme of things. Dre's experiences in Peru didn't just bring him healing, though that was certainly part of it. It completely shook up his perspective on how his actions had affected him and those around him. He realized it wasn't enough to just mend the wounds the world had left on him. It was about undoing the harms he had brought on the world. And this required a total revamp of his life.
0: used some of the money I made to invest in real estate, and that gave me, like, a lot of free time to just chill and bought a couple of businesses. And then when I sat with Grandma for the first time, I realized that those businesses were unethical for me.
1: Dre began dismantling his businesses.
0: One of them was a a Bell bonds agency that I had, and I just thought, even in my real estate development, I was spending $1,000 a month on mortgage, but I was charging people $1,600 $1,800 on that mortgage who the bank said for some reason they couldn't uh, establish a loan, but for some reason they were able to pay my rent on time every week. So I just looked at all of these areas in my life where I was participating in unconscious behavior or oppression. And so I, I burned those businesses to the ground, so to speak.
1: Burning those businesses to the ground meant giving up his financial security. He went from defense work and bail bonds to spreading the gospel of plant medicine and working to decriminalize marijuana. For a decade, Dre was trying to figure out how to make a living without compromising his values.
0: I was in the cannabis industry for 10 years. I had worked with my ex-partner to get cannabis legalized, medical program in Maryland. And like when we did it, we actually knew nothing about lobbying or any of that type of stuff, but within two years, we got a medical decrim bill.
1: For Dre, this was about cultural change. It was a way to correct decades of biased law enforcement and reintroduce cannabis as a tool for health.
0: I broke the S.O. standard operating procedures and I was so excited. We were gonna change the world with cannabis. We were gonna teach a different conversation, not about THC and CBD, but about like wellness and the sacredness of this medicine.
1: Dre thought he was going to change the world, but felt his partners only cared about dollar signs.
0: Ten years later, I looked up and I was basically uh, was part of the system. I was a little naive, and there was a venture capital company who, in order to get a license, they had to use My Black Body.
1: Dre had wanted to educate people, to open up a social conversation about how marijuana could be sacred. But all that excitement was sapped away.
0: So basically, I was a token. So I left the cannabis industry really brokenhearted. I felt a little ashamed because I had, you know, saw these signs but just ignored them because I was so excited about this new renaissance. I had this conversation with myself. Okay, so what are you going to do now?
1: Dre had steadily retooled his life. He was training in shamanism, doing healing work. But in the world he was now moving through, there weren't many people who could relate to where he'd come from. If you're summoned to a path, that call can be implacable. But it's still hard and lonely.
0: I was telling people, well, do the thing that makes your heart sing. Don't worry about the money. So I'm like, well, oh, I'm not actually practicing What I'm preaching.
1: The cannabis industry had been paying the bills, not his healing work. Then someone came into his life just as he was realizing he needed to make a change.
0: So I made the decision and three days later, that's when we connected. And again, synchronicity. I'm like, okay, three days later. Uh, This this amazing star being is having this deep conversation with me on the phone. You know, most people, when they call me, they're like, I want, I'm really, I've got these things going on, and I really need to do combo. This person was, like, on this whole new level of conversation.
1: This person, this amazing star being who Dre connected with, was the missing ingredient to what would become a life-affirming joint venture. To Dre, their meeting wasn't coincidental. It was kismet.
0: Yeah, i just been kind of just been on this rocket ship. We were like, just, <laughs> we were like
2: yeah, I guess we'll just do this thing that Spirit said we should do. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah,
1: whatever. And then it was like, <laughs>
0: boom. <laughs> okay, hold on. And I've just been on this magic carpet ride the whole time.
1: Most of us just daydream about the prospect of change. But some blaze a whole new life. Charlotte and Dre have dedicated themselves to collective healing. What does that even look like? It's a damp day in September, and my producer Rob and I have traveled to Baltimore to meet Dre and the amazing person who helped give shape to his ambitions. Charlotte Wright opens the door of her narrow brick house, barefoot and wearing loose trousers. She has big brown eyes and bold arched brows that rise with emphasis behind her frames. She asks for permission before she hugs us, And her embrace smells like the sage that she then wafts around our heads and hands. Dre isn't there yet. He'd just flown in from Burning Man and had gone from the airport into client sessions. While we wait for him, Charlotte shows us the crop of mushrooms she's just cultivated. Some are for ceremonies. Some will be ground up and placed into microdosing capsules. Up the narrow stairs, she leads us to a room reserved for ritual. There's a didgeridoo and a blackened skull, a Coptic cross hung with bells. There are books on Jung and breathwork and how to break up with your phone. Dre eventually arrives. He's room-fillingly tall. He takes a moment, exhaling and rubbing his hands before settling onto a pillow on the floor. Charlotte and Dre decide to open our conversation with a hape ceremony.
0: So radiant and beautiful, we honor you.
1: Hape is, is a blend of medicinal tobacco we used in the so Amazon the red basin. Red that's blown up your nostril uh, with a curved blowpipe called a tepi. And
0: the forgiveness that is in this space.
1: It's thought to clear to away the debris us. that gathers in the mind More to help us feel grounded. It hits this impossibly high place up your nasal cavity, like a spark ignition in your brain.
0: Aho. Aho. Basi. Basi. Thank you.
1: To see Charlotte and Dre sit side by side, they seem of a piece. They sigh at the same intervals, laugh in unison, they race to fill in each other's sentences. Together, they've given shape to a vision that both had sensed and yet neither had been able to articulate. But in many ways, they couldn't be more different. So I was
2: born in Philadelphia, and I was born to one parent that uh, was from Jamaica and had a, a deep connection with... I would say kind of folk healing. There's a lot of, like, birth workers, a lot of use of plants as healing. And then my mom is actually a, a horticulturalist. So from very early on, I was spending a lot of time in nature, in the relationship with the plants.
1: Her parents smoked marijuana, and there were open conversations in her household about it.
2: It wasn't, like, this thing that was super taboo. They never lied to me about their own... Experiences and interactions with plant medicine. Um, So when the opportunity arose, when I was like 14 to smoke cannabis for the first time, I jumped on that. You know, the regular worries of like being a teenager sort of melted away
1: for a time. That experience with cannabis left her curious. Eventually, the Philly rave scene presented her with opportunities to try other substances.
2: And that's where I really felt, like, the clear sort of call, both from the medicine and from the people that I was around in my life.
1: Part of Charlotte was coming alive in the party scene, hints of who she was, but it was missing something big, something rooted to really connect it to her being.
2: The first whisper of the medicine was, like, that more Black women needed to be
1: interacting with the medicine or
2: have access to the medicine. Mm. So that was like the opening and the whispering. And then that led me to meet Dre.
1: By the time that Charlotte and Dre met each other, he had been apprenticed to Amazonian healers for more than a decade and had stepped into his own role. He was leading ceremonies with ayahuasca, mushrooms, combo. I came to Dre f- for combo. Combo is pretty intense. For starters, the person serving the medicine makes little burn marks on your skin with a piece of smoldering vine or incense. These are typically done on the back of your upper arm. The number of burns, or gates, depends on who you are and what you have going on. The server then dabs the secretions from this giant tree frog into the burn marks so the medicine goes right in. Within a minute, you feel heat, like a gathering fever. Your heart starts racing. You feel dizzy, woozy. I mean, you've essentially been poisoned. And then for the next 20, 30 minutes, you're purging. After you've eliminated all that there might be to eliminate, the server wipes the combo off, and within the hour, you're back to normal. Except not really. Combo is said to be a medicine of revelation. And so you've likely emerged with some newfound ideas about what you need or how you wish to change.
2: And I didn't like fully understand what I was signing up for. (laughs) But I felt when we met, we met in person first. And yeah, I just felt trust. And it was just like a massive path opener. I just remember it was really intense, but I felt held, I felt safe. And then we went and got
1: vegan food after, and then, yeah, we've been hanging out <laughs> since
2: then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Charlotte and Dre started sharing their experiences with one another, noticing some similarities.
2: When we met, we were like, oh, you've had a lot of the same experiences that I have, feeling called to this medicine and knowing that you need to have a relationship with it, but then being in communities that don't feel fully aligned or safe for everything that the medicine might bring up and show you.
1: Whether at parties or in healing circles, there are not many people of color taking plant medicine. The scene is pretty white. This was an issue for their own sense of comfort. To be with people who shared a certain history and reality was important. More than that, Charlotte and Dre believed psychedelics could be an enormous aid to their community, but the barriers were steep. There's the stigma of drugs, especially for people of color. There are major gaps in information, and above all, the financial hurdle. For Dre, even training as a healer was a monetary burden.
0: I was also observing how all these people who had a tremendous amount of privilege, because it's also very expensive. Like in order to do this, my partner was very gracious. And we we put these ceremonies as a priority, even over like paying a mortgage or paying bills. So you know it was $3.25 per night. Mandatory three nights of ceremony.
2: There wasn't like a place that you could go, and I was like, more. BIPOC folks need this. After that first ceremony, I also was like, everybody has to do this, so how do we facilitate?
1: What they did is start the Ancestor Project, a continually evolving organization that aims to introduce sacred earth medicine, as they call it, as a key to liberation.
2: For a long time, sacred earth medicines and psychedelics have been very, like, identified with white people because of how they've been portrayed in the media in the U.S. This narrative around ancestral practice and indigenous practice just wasn't present.
1: Contemporary psychedelics are closely linked to whiteness. Whether that's white quote-unquote discoverers, white researchers, or white users— And yet plant medicines have deep, deep histories in communities of color.
2: A lot of the reason that our black and brown family members and friends were not open to engaging the work or engaging in it was because of the amount of stigma that Mm -hmm. surrounded the medicine Mm -hmm. and the practices.
1: I may not be Charlotte and Dre's target audience. They work primarily with people of color, but I love what they're doing. It's eclectic, part education, part counseling, part sacred ceremony. At its essence, they're using plant medicines to help people identify where they've internalized inequity. And in the process, they're building a shared language around shared experiences.
0: We call ourselves Ancestral Project for a reason, because we all have ancestors, we all have practices. This is not exclusive, we don't need to romanticize people that live in South America or North America or Africa as being the only people who have connection with spirit.
1: It's powerful, dynamic work. And I think it's exactly what is often missing in psychedelic retreats and spiritual jargon. Charlotte and Dre are drawing clear links between our inner pain and the outer world. But what does it mean to live believing we're all in this together? That's after the break. To me, what Charlotte and Dre are doing speaks to something that I fear might be jeopardized as psychedelics are mainstreamed in our current individualistic culture. And that's the possibility to move beyond yourself. In so much of contemporary medicine, and certainly in the self-help sector, we are chronically ill. Wholeness is an illusion we chase through more programs, more interventions, new hacks, what have you. The work of the self is never complete. And while that might be true, it's also a major distraction from taking on the systems that leave us feeling sick and incomplete to begin with.
2: When you are a Afro-descendant in America, it
0: is ongoing trauma. It's like chronic trauma at a systemic level. You can spend your life getting so angry. And when George Floyd was murdered, like, I, I got caught up in that well, man, I'm so angry. Uh. There's a place for
2: sacred anger. Like, it, oh, is, yeah. it is an energy that transmutes. You're, like, reminded of the amount of work that needs to be done for collective healing and collective liberation.
1: Up until this point in the series, we've been focusing on individual suffering and the promise of psychedelics to help ease that pain. This has been the aim of medicine and science It's where VCs and shareholders are directing their dollars. And for the most part, it's what's on the table at an underground retreat. Coming from our modern culture, where the individual is all-consuming, that makes sense. But at the same time, it's such a limited perspective.
2: The truth is that we are all one species. The reality that we exist in currently is that there has been a long, long history of separation as a means of wielding and maintaining power. Mm -hmm. We don't all experience that truth in the same way, and the medicine can help give us a glimpse into that.
1: As I'm talking to Charlotte and Dre, I realize that the promise of psychedelics rests on the assumption that this glimpse creates the basis for change. You trip, you see, you stop eating meat. You throw your phone in a river. You clean up the river. You make friendly eye contact with strangers on the subway. You care about the collective in a radical way.
0: Consider your body. You have cells and bacteria and viruses that are constitute you, the individual, right? But if you had one cancer cell in your body, would you be okay with that? Would you be like, oh, just one cancer cell, no big deal. No, you would wanna you would wanna heal that, right? Yes, we all one, but if one of us is suffering, it's not okay. If you have food insecurity, it doesn't work for all of us, even though I live in my house, because eventually, if you continue this model of those who have so many and so those who have little, what's going to happen is those who have little are going to burn your house down anyway.
1: A decade from now you'll probably be able to go to your doctor and get a prescription for psilocybin to treat your depression or anxiety. We'll be in this brave new world of mental health care. There will be less individual suffering, but will it rock the system? In my most rosy incarnation, I'm certainly hoping that it does. That as we heal, we approach the world with greater care. As Rob and I take the train back to New York, I find myself swept up in all this promise. If more people experience compassion and connection, could that change the world? It sounds simplistic, but a lot of people are flocking toward that idea. Next week, we travel to the Peruvian Amazon where thousands of Westerners are arriving each year in search of transformational healing. It's centuries of local tradition running into the blaring demands of modern life. What happens when those cultures meet and reshape each other? Seeking is written and reported by me, Katherine Rowland. Our producers are Hamza Umarji, Rob Dozier, and Lily Thompson. Editing by Grant Irving and Lizzie Jacobs. Our executive producers are Grant Irving and Lizzie Jacobs. Fact-checking by Natsumi Ajisaka. Music by Nolan Schneider. Mixing by Sam Baer. Thanks to our legal team, Rachel Goldberg and Allison Sherry. Special thanks to Tom Koenig and Steve Ackerman.